Hello everyone, welcome to the Seth and Therapy podcast. Have you ever considered going to therapy and you ended up not going? My question is why? In my humble opinion, I believe everyone can benefit from therapy. In fact, I believe everybody should go at least once in their life. My name is Iman Tohemi and I'm a psychologist. This podcast tells you all about everyday cases with everyday people who have everyday problems and difficulties and sometimes they carry around really deep wounds. These are their stories. Hello, so here we are again, another week, another episode. Today I want to introduce someone very, very special to me. She's a woman fully capable of wearing many hats. Muna Harib carries so many titles. For example, she was chosen to be among the 100 most powerful Arab women. She is a chief marketing officer. She is an international humanitarian, an entrepreneur, an avid traveler, and a mom. You know, she's definitely all of those titles. But to me, Muna is first and foremost a very, very good friend. She has been a constant throughout the last years. I met her six or seven years ago while working on the project Breathing Numbers that she had started. The project supported Syrian refugees just at the beginning of the war. But from one first meeting grew a really beautiful friendship. You know, one of those friendships that can go from weeks without hearing a peep from one another to picking up the phone to just continue where we left off. We traveled together, we cried together, and above all, we laughed together a lot. And I believe you will hear that throughout the conversation. I talked to Muna about her strength to transform hardship into something very positive. And even though you will not instantly hear it, reading between the lines, you will understand that she is a person who went through a lot and always made it to the other side. I really hope that this conversation benefits and inspires you just as much as it has inspired me while recording. Little does Mona know, but at the moment of recording, it was exactly what I needed. So, you know, I don't want to build up the tension. Just here we go. Enjoy the conversation. Hi, Iman. <laughs> We're finally here. Yes, that's insane. So everybody should know that we have been trying to record this since, I don't know, two years. It's been a very long time. We have been talking about this forever. <laughs> finally. This is, this is what happens, you know, when um, moms become entrepreneurs. Yes, Their I schedules agree. are always kind of... Um, controlled by the schedule of their kids <laughs> that's very very true so i just want to say that mona is uh probably one of the women that i respect the most she is really one of those people that inspire me and coming from me i think it's uh, fair to say that this is not an easy thing to say uh, i'm not easily impressed but uh-huh. i have met mona I think in 2015, if I'm not mistaken, or 2014. When did Breathing Numbers start, Mona? I can't remember. So we started in 2013, Iman. Yes. And we probably met 
either that year or in 2014, because you joined Breathing Numbers at the very early uh, beginnings of it. Correct, correct. So Breathing Numbers is, uh, I think it's best you describe what it is. Um, so if everybody knows it's your baby after all. Sure. So Breathing Numbers, it's, it actually started as a documentary project, something that I wanted to do on a personal level to try and convey the stories of Syrian refugees, in the, especially in the, Syri- uh, in the refugee camps in Jordan and on the border of Syria. And from a one-man or a one-woman show um, at the very beginning and a focus on documenting those stories through social media and through video and audio footages, I've actually done hundreds of those. It moved from that environment very quickly to a full-fledged humanitarian act. And I think the reason behind that was the um, strong response from the social media uh, community, from uh, the UAE community, and very soon after, even from the international community. And um, it, I think it kind of uh, struck a very sensitive chord with everyone. Um, it happened at the beginning of the Syrian war, and there was not much um you know, um, efforts and news and uh, social media conversations and community conversations around it. So having breathing numbers bring that to the everyday man and woman um, on social media kind of intrigued people and it encouraged people to move and to contribute and to even launch their own projects of support. So, uh, and, and that's in a nutshell what Breathing number, Numbers is. It was born in 2013 and it started very strongly, um, you know, in, uh, involving people, not just from the region, not just from the UAE where I'm from, but also from the international uh, scene. And you had volunteers from all over the world uh, and people contributing, even from countries like I had people, um, you know, uh, communicating with me and texting me from Nicaragua. I had volunteers from Malaysia. I had others from uh, Germany and so on. So um, again, from what began as just documenting stories and conveying those stories of Syrian refugees um, to the rest of the world, it became a humanitarian project that involved so many people and um, kind of encouraged so many contributions toward the cause. You know what, um, I mean, at that point, I had participated in many charities and I was very picky about the causes that I was joining just simply because for time reasons, because you're very, at some point you have to be a little bit more selective about the projects that you're joining. I remember hearing you first in a phone call and you simply said to me, so, well, Breathing Numbers is basically... I want to tell you what it stands for. I always mm-hmm. hear people in the news and it's mm-hmm. always about the numbers. And I want people to know that these numbers are breathing. These are people with stories and um, things absolutely. that they have to share. Yes. Abs- and I, absolutely. I had this phone call with you and I remember, I was like, wow, I really want to work with this woman. So I want to be honest. Of course, I was 100% for this cause and for this project and this whole movement was simply so amazing watching it unfold and becoming what it was. 
or what it is. And I remember thinking to myself, I really want to work with this woman. She's amazing. And the second thought that I had, and this is something that I wanted to talk to you about today, you always had this great ability to move from hardship to something positive. I have seen you personally doing that more than once since we have first met. And I think I want to discuss this a little bit with you. Where is this coming from? Oh, wow. I think, first of all, Iman, um, having you part of the uh, Breathing Numbers team, it uh, was such a great addition to us. And you also brought so much, if not so much experience in whatever you're doing, but so much joy as well to the whole team. And the nice thing about Breathing Numbers is that everyone who was involved, he, they wanted to be involved for the sake of, you know, making it better right? There was yes. no other hidden agenda. There was no personal, uh, you know, uh, agenda or benefit that came out of it. We're actually the majority of people who got invo involved. Um, they had uh, their volunteers, they had to pay for, for, for their own uh, expenses to volunteer, whether uh, travel uh, expenses, accommodation expenses, you know, um, anything related uh, to supporting the cause, everyone had to bear their own expenses. Um, the most of the media that we've done, it was focused on the causes itself, yes. not much around the people uh, that were involved. Everyone was free to communicate on their own social media in terms of their experiences and so on. So that kind of setup that we had that whoever was in had absolutely no personal agenda to be a part of this project brought so many great people like yourself in the mix. Yes. And that kind of energy, it, I think it was the soul and the main purpose that made breathing numbers what it is and made it grow in such a strong and fast way, um, especially at the beginning. And that kind of energy that you brought along with the other main uh, and founder volunteers that we had, that energy is the reason behind uh, being numbers succeeding um, around the world and getting international recognition and attracting simil similar mindsets and similar energy uh, to it. Now, back to your question, where do I get this from? I think, I mean, I mean you probably know the answer, Iman. I always talk about my mom yes. and my father. And you know how um, I'm, I'm closer to my mom that my father, the reason for that is my father passed away uh, when I was much younger. Um, though, And my mom passed away just uh, like what is it, two, three years back in 2017. So what happened was I learned so much from both of them throughout my life. And I come from a very modest family. And part of what my mom and dad used to do when we grow up is to continuously share with us their stories, how they came together, how they brought up the family, what kind of hardship that they had to go through. And my mom, especially because we've spent a lot of time with my mother as a girl and as the youngest in the family as well, she continuously shared with us, you know, how she managed to hold the family together when my father was traveling for months at a time, trying to uh, make a living basically across uh, the oceans. And he was a pearl diver, right? Yeah. So he was a lot of things. Yes. And, um, <laughs> 
at, when he was younger, he, he was into pearl diving. And that, and that by itself, such a difficult, um, you know, path and career and job to have back in those days because it's so dangerous, right? They didn't have the equipment. Uh, they had all of these restrictions. Um, uh, it was it was difficult. But then he moved into trading and he used to be a part of, um, you know, trading uh, trips to India, to Asia and other parts of the world. And then toward the, um, you know, later stages of his life, my father focused on uh, being a mechanic for the ministry. I think it was the Ministry of um, Labor, if I'm not mistaken. So, and, and that was his passion. He loved, you know, he loved playing with cars. He loved, and, and that was, you know, a very interesting conversation to have in the house when we were young, when I see my mom getting upset on why my father is always, you know, playing with the car, with the <laughs> with the engine, taking things out and then putting it in again. It was such a, such a passionate project for my for my dad to uh, do that. And then, so when my father was away, my mom had to kind of keep the house running, right? And back then, and I'm talking, um, you know, even even before before I was born in the '60s and the '50s, it was pretty hard back then, right? Uh, we yes. we didn't have what we have today. We didn't have the luxury of technology. We didn't have the luxury of um, you know, the infrastructure that we have here, we didn't have the supporting um, systems and structures that we have today. So um, things, for example, like uh, back then, when it used to rain very hard, uh, the water used to overtake, you know, houses before and people had to kind of dig um, um, you know, around the house by themselves in order to kind of protect the house from the water. And my mom used to do that when she was uh, on her own. Um, when my father was away also, you know, she had to figure out how to make money till he comes back, um, you know, uh, comes back home uh, with money and with support. Now seeing my mom, you know, go through all of this and she continuously tell us about her stories when she was young, um, how she used to bring water at, uh, on Eid. Uh, she used to live in the mountains when she was a child. She used to walk two hours in, on Eid day uh, to bring water from the mountains and back to the family on her shoulder. So there was a lot of interesting the stories that she showered us with. And what we learned from those stories is basically everything that happened to my mom built who she was, right? And toward the end of her life, my, my mother kind of uh, transformed herself completely. So from someone who couldn't read and write for the majority of her life, who went through so much hardship, who didn't have much, to enjoy and uh, and give to her kids. At one point of her life, she started going to a Quran, uh, a religious uh, school where she learned how to read and write through reading Quran. And, and that was, I think, in her late 50s. Wow. Yeah. And then soon <clears throat> after, you see her, you know, watching the news, you, should, you see her reading newspapers. And when my brother passed away, uh, he left um, an, a consultancy company. And you have no idea, Iman, how much I admire my mom. For someone who never went to school, she started managing that company from home. Wow. 
an architectural consultancy. And so she man- she started managing it along with my father from home. And then little by little, she built herself. She started getting into properties. And um, at one point, and this is a story I love telling, is uh, she had a small building um, in uh, Sharjah. And the way she managed to build that building is by convincing, you know, the... Um, developers and the uh, construction company to delay the payments till the uh, building is over because she didn't want to take any money from the bank. She doesn't believe in uh, interest. Mm. And she's a very religious woman. So for her interest equals riba. So she's uh, stayed away from, um, you know, taking any loans from the banks. And she managed to build that building uh, without taking any loan, she didn't have mo- enough money to build it, but had the power of convincing those companies she worked with to delay the payments till she starts renting it out. Now I know where money. you get this from. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, this could be like, it's kind of a longer version of uh, where I got this from. But my mom, basically, regardless of everything that happened in her life, the hardship that she went through, she always managed to come up and come out from it with something positive. Mm-hmm. And I think this we, we learned this. Um, I've been through so much in my life as well. I would never say as much as my mom. We're Like I said, we're blessed to be born in this uh, time and age. But everything I've, I've went through, there's always that side of me that says, right, you know, I'm going through this. But look at, you know, other people from around the world. Look how bad they have it. I'm so blessed that the extent of my misery remains, you know, on my doorstep. Mm-hmm. So I still have a roof on my head. I still have, you know, um, the income that supports me throughout my life. I still have a family that loves me. I still have my health. So no matter what happens to me, it doesn't really um, get close to what's happening to people around the world. And I think this is. Uh, is enforced by the uh, activities I do in the humanitarian field and the community impact uh, programs that I've always been involved in. And it's probably the reason I'm involved in those projects is to bring that kind of mindset into my life, to make sure that whatever happens to me is never comparable to what happens to other people. And I always have the evidence in my daily dealings with them uh, to prove that, Um, if, if that makes sense. It makes a lot of sense and it explains a lot. You know, um, most people don't know this about you, but I have seen you in settings that made me think, wow, who is this person? I remember when we met in Hatta one day and we mm-hmm. went to your farm to meet your dog. And I think there was a shed with a donkey and he was so <laughs> extremely cute. And now just for the people to get an idea of who you are, Um, you are fully capable of being fully glam, glammed up, going to events, speaking at events. Um, you are fully um, capable of having brands if you want. But there is this person <laughs> getting out of a car, uh, dropping everything and basically going <laughs> barefoot inside the shed to clean it up. And believe it or not, Mona, this is basically the... Most favorite image I have. <laughs> uh, Iman, an image of me and a donkey. Uh, I have to reevaluate myself. 
<laughs> you know what I mean. There was there was so much beauty in in what you do, and um, I I always believe I'm a true believer of people who treat animals well. You can see the f- true and full character in these moments. I I have a problem with people who don't treat animals well, and um, I don't trust right. them for some reason. But when I can see someone actually not caring because an animal has nothing to give to you but if you can go to that animal and treat it with respect then i will respect you and i think this is basically what i want to people to understand having said that just sorry i will let you speak in a moment but i want just to go to the part of your life that you hardly ever speak about you are an extremely successful woman if someone saw your CV, they would tr- probably drop that. It's, what you have accomplished <laughs> in your life is, mashallah, we have to say it's, especially in the Middle East, for a woman to accomplish what you did is not an easy task. Here's the thing. You hardly speak about it. So I think for the longest time, I didn't even know what you did for a living. <laughs> <laughs> because it was never one of the things that you would just speak about your titles. You have many titles, but the title that you have in your workplace is hardly something that you talk about. It's hardly something that defines you. And I think in the Middle East, in the region specifically, it's very important to highlight this because everybody is somehow all about their titles, right? And what they can offer and what they have, materialistically speaking. And you are not that kind of person. And I think it's very interesting to see that I think Iman, there's a lot of people like that, and the yeah. reason the reason you don't see them is precisely because of who they are, right? Yeah. So, yeah. got you. The, the the type of people who are very focused on, you know, the status quo, let's say, are very engaged in public platforms to bring that kind that side. Uh, of them to the world the type of people who are not interested in that part of themselves they will never put an effort to uh, let's say uh, promote that to the rest of the world and this is precisely why you think uh, there are not so many people out there like that I think it's really it goes all back to the priorities of people right so it's not right or wrong People in the first category, the one that um, care about, you know, what level they reach, what title they hold, they're very interested to reflect that, um, you know, in their conversations and um, in the way they position themselves and brand themselves uh, to the public. They have, you know, they're passionate about that and that's not wrong. They have a passion in that area. Um, they some of them, they worked really hard to achieve that. And that's absolutely, there's no fault in that. I have my passion lays in other areas of my personality and my life, which I like to focus on more than my job and my profession. And this is probably, and coming from a, a person who, you know, my, my uh, bread and butter is in marketing, it's something that I probably shouldn't be saying. But I, um, on a personal level, I'm not much interested in, um, you know, the glamour side of uh, 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 personal branding. Now I'm looking at it from the perspective that in order for me to convey my message to the rest of the world, to convey my causes and to 
you know, I always talk about positive change. And I think especially nowadays, the only way for me to do that is probably by reconsidering my uh, personal brand and thinking about bringing myself out there more often and talking to people and on platforms like this platform with you, Iman, uh, more. So, yes, I've never been interested, but the more I grow, the, the more time that passes by, the more I realize that all these components, my professional life, my love of humanitarian uh, work and uh, community impact, and, uh, you know, my passion of travel, you know me, I'm travel is something I never really talk about on social media and uh, in general to people and to the media, but it's it's a huge, huge part of my personality and who I am. I'm an avid traveler. I traveled, uh, you know, to more than 70 countries repeatedly. I, I, I you know, I, I always had that target to reach the um, 196 UN uh, registered countries in the world, but I continue to go back to the same countries <laughs> over and over again uh, for the love of that. But I'm a traveler as well. But the most recent one and the one that probably tops all of that is mm -hmm. the fact that I'm a mother now. Mm -hmm. And this is kind of, if you ask me at the beginning, who am I? I would probably tell you I'm, the, I'm a Moza, the mother of Moza. Mm -hmm. And she's the one thing that is defining everything else I'm doing in life. So all of these components, I think it's very important for me at this point of time to bring them together and package them as one um, under the umbrella of Muna, basically, and present them as uh, one package to the uh, public. Um, I can't take bits and pieces. I'm uh, a marketeer of, uh, for over 20 years, and this is something that I cannot neglect. I've been neglecting to communicate that because I'm always focused on, um, you know, when it comes to my marketing and communication expertise, I'm focusing, uh, I, I focus on bringing that to the company I work in. So I'm pretty successful in that area, but I've never used it to promote or market my personal brand. Now, what I just mentioned is I'm reconsidering that because I think this is the way forward to put my message out there. And if I want that positive change in the world that I continuously talk about and comment about, I think I need to do something about it and actually start creating, you know, content and uh, putting some uh, positive energy and probably work on some projects in that area um, in a more uh, effective way. So, um, yeah, um, I think this is what I would identify uh, with uh, Iman, um, a mother that wears so many hats, including her professional work, including her passion of humanitarian and, um, you know, community impact projects and making, you know, making the world a little bit better than what it is. And my strong passion and travel and uh, recently, uh, my new venture in, into entrepreneurship. I'm actually so excited to see what comes next. <laughs> I know we have discussed privately a lot of things and mm -hmm. I can't wait for for you to do what you're about to do because I think there's so much value in the, in the things you want to, you know, present to the world or give to the world, the message that you have to convey. 
And yeah, I'm actually very excited about that. Yeah, me too, Iman. And I think um, it's safe. It's safe to say that whatever is coming next is really based again on who I am and mm. and the M's, the M's I just mentioned. Yes, myself, yes. as in Mona, my mother. My mother' name was Moza, and my daughter, who takes my mother's names, Moza as well. So these three M's. These are the kind of formula that are creating my next venture and my next uh, adventure as well and um, the project I'm working on takes elements from these three people with these three stages of my life because I was also extremely uh, close to my mother so everything that links me to these three individuals including myself they have um, an ingredient in the project I'm working on at the moment. Just a few questions left. I think um, I wanted to ask you, apart from obviously your daughter and um, being grateful for what you have in life, how do you maintain your mental health when you feel really down? What do you do? I talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> I think I need oh. an expert to talk to. <laughs> But no, that's true. I do talk to you. You know, it's been, I think you've seen over the years, it's been a habit for me to come back to you between time to time uh, and kind of, um, let's say, extract some strength from Mm. you, you know, that contagious strength that you carry. And um, I think the other important element as well is for me now, it was a slightly difficult, you know, being a single mom to start with, right? So the mm. support system that I have is very much in my small family between myself uh, and my daughter. And of course, I have the uh, occasional extended support from uh, my bigger family. Um, but with that and, you know, uh, working in a job from nine to six, plus all my other activities and my other projects, at the beginning, it was quite hard being a new mom and, you know, having my child at the beginning of the COVID-19 uh, pandemic. It was quite tricky for me to understand how can I um, balance all of this together. Mm. So it took me some time. It took me a bit of time. I wouldn't say much, but it took me probably around a couple of months at the beginning to figure it out. And now I'm getting better with it. And um, I know 2020 has been so hard on so many people, um, yet everything has a blessing in disguise. And I think the situation for me is um, COVID made it possible for me to stay at home with my child and watch Mm. her grow in her first few months. And so that's kind of when people talk about 2020, uh, my heart, you know, feels every bit of sorrow for everyone who got affected throughout throughout the world. But there's, you know, a small bit in my heart as well that feels, you know, I'm blessed. 2020 has been a blessed year for me. I have my daughter, Moza, you know, I get to stay with her. I'm starting to venture into new areas of entrepreneurships. I talk to you about also starting a podcast soon, depending on you, Iman, to give me a few tips. And uh, <laughs> we will get you there. That. Don't worry. We will get you there. 
And we will promote your heart and say, check out Muna. And honestly, <laughs> um, you should check out Muna regardless. Um, and I will link all her handles though below. You have, you should, I mean, obviously she's not very active at the moment, but that will change very soon. I'm getting, I'm getting more active because I think the, you know, if I put my marketing hat at the moment, the most important bit um, that we have in, in the marketing and communication area at this point of time is storytelling and content. Yes. And regardless what industry you work in, regardless who you are, what message you have to the rest of the world, you need to start putting content out now. Like right this moment, yeah. Even even if you don't feel there's any message behind it, any point of it, start practicing. Start putting yourself out there. And I think the uh, again number one reason why people don't do that is the fear of fa failure, and they feel that there's a possibility that they would be embarrassed or that they will have negative. Um, you know, negative comments or a negative response from the market that they put their content to. You'll probably have a few of those and you'll probably get embarrassed, embarrassed by some of the content. But you know what? Who cares? Honestly, you know how I handled the situation? Because we have mm -hmm. talked about this a lot. I, I have been very hesitant to, to start my own podcast or even mm -hmm. thinking about a YouTube channel or anything like that. And I... I discovered if I just release podcasts or if I just publish anything and I don't go back, it's fine. Mm -hmm. Once I re-listen to what I have published, it can get really hard. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. But you always have to continue publishing. Exactly. That's the exactly. trick of it. Even exactly. if, like, I don't know, take a picture of your foot today and post it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> do, you know, take a picture of anything right now in front of you and just post it. And you know, the funny thing as well, that um, talking about storytelling, it's not a matter of having your content on one channel. If you want to have, you know, to promote your business or to uh, promote your message or to support a cause or whatever objective that you have, you need to put content on multiple platforms. And what I find very interesting is in recent um, probably the last couple of years or even especially in the last few months LinkedIn has been transformed completely mm, I agree and, I agree. and it moved from a platform where you know it's all about job hunting it's uh, more of a very focused business to business to a more social platform that allows people to interact more socially uh, to have uh, tools under their hand where they can create live streams they can video chat uh, there's a lot of things that you can do in LinkedIn that you couldn't do a couple of years ago and I think if LinkedIn continues this way it it will probably take over some of the other popular social media platforms that we have today and the other one is which I was completely against and um, I never understood the uh, you know reason uh, of its being is TikTok I took it, you know, upon me to register in TikTok and go through the content. And I was yes. extremely shocked and surprised by the kind of content I found there. There's and, even um, cooking uh, cooking videos over there, recipe videos. And absolutely, yes. absolutely. And you have all sorts of content. And I, 
I'm not ashamed to say this anymore, but I look at TikTok almost daily because what it does, it gives you that very quick dose of brain food. Mm -hmm. It depends on the channels that you follow. So I have a list of channels from the likes of Gary Vee, for example, um, you know, who gives you marketing, his marketing expert. He's, I think he's a genius in marketing. So I always follow him. And it's always these very quick tips in a few seconds and it's done. So it gives you that kind of steroid on any subject that you want yes, to. Yes, yes. Instant right? gratification. You hear exactly. something and it gives you instantly an idea. Right, it pumps you up. Plan. It pumps you yeah. up. You go, you know, I'm going to do it. You know, this is all I need to, you know, to, to get started. So it gives you that. So I think that's a very, even for you, Iman, I think that's a very important platform to get on because it's not only about, you know, creating musical videos and acting uh, funny in front of the camera. It has a very strong platform, especially that it's a young platform uh, for conveying messages. And if you want to create positive change in the world, where, you know, better than a young platform to start, right? You start with the young ones before you go uh, older, if you want to change the world. No, so, I, I fully agree. And to tell you a secret, I too have a TikTok account. I, I, I still haven't published anything yet, but I fully mm-hmm. agree with you. And I think s- since you mentioned Gary Vee, I think he was one of the people who actually mentioned LinkedIn before. And I yeah, believe if, if, mm-hmm. if, you want, if you want to build a successful business, you have to really grab all the, resource, the resources that are there, even though it might feel out of your comfort zone. I agree with that. Absolutely. And I, I used to avoid Gary Vee at the beginning because of Same. the language he used. Same. <laughs> and then it's like, you know what? Let me just listen to the guy for a second. And once I started, I got addicted. I bought all his books. Um, I started listening to him daily, um, not only on TikTok, of course, but on his channels. Um, he, g- he gives me that kind of power. But I do have a long list of uh, interesting people to listen to as well. And, you know, I think uh, the, uh, I think what very successful people have in common, generally speaking, there is always this humility that they carry with them because mo- the most successful people I know are very approachable. So if you go to them and tell them, hey, this is what I was thinking about. I want to start my own business. They will not hold back on their knowledge. They will share it with you and actually give you tips on how to Absolutely. make it happen. And I actually, same as you, when it comes to Garvey, um, I had the same thoughts about him and the same concerns. But then later on, when I took the time to actually look at his content, I was convinced that he's actually very cool. <laughs> he's not everyone cup of tea. I, no, I see. Not. I've Definitely seen some not. some friends. You know, uh, they don't like him much, but I think he just tells it as it is. I agree. And uh, you know, without making this a promotional uh, podcast for, for Gary V. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should share it with Gary V. Maybe he, we should send him <laughs> hey, the Gary, link. Yeah, Shout exactly. to Gary V. <laughs> so, um, no, but it's, he's absolutely someone that everyone has to listen to. He makes it simple. He gives it, you know, he says it as it is and in, in a very simple uh, language and uh, one that communi- can connect to the audience. Good, Mona. This is my last question for you. Mm-hmm. How are you? I'm good. I'm great, actually. <laughs> I, I think, love to hear that. 
like I said a few minutes ago, Iman, um, 2020 has been difficult for the entire world, but it gave me my space to realize who I am, to focus on my child, to understand what I want to do next, to understand myself. Um, you know, I had a very, uh, the last few years uh, before having my my child has been so difficult for me. So it yes. was kind of an up and down for me in the last few years. Um, but this year made it possible for me with everything happening in the world, made it possible for me to stay stationary and focus mm. in one place and have my mind and my brain and, you know, my, my spirit all focused on one thing and one thing only. And that was Moza in the first few months. You know, I was learning how to be a mother basically, and I didn't have the tools around me because of the whole COVID situation and the restrictions from people visiting and so on. So yes. I had to figure it out myself. So, I mean, sometimes I feel I shouldn't be saying this, but it's been great. <laughs> Actually, you know what? I think 2020 has been a year of loss and reflection for so many people. And right. believe it or not, there are so many people I spoke to who actually seem more settled in who they are and what they want to achieve. And what also happened is because there were so there was limited um, chance to have social interaction, and with that also networking events didn't happen. Right, um, right. Business events didn't happen. So this pretentious side that is often very hard for people to carry mm -hmm. wasn't simply wasn't there anymore, and you were able to go back to the roots. So it's not abnormal to hear that. I think 2020 has been good for many people, but it has also been very difficult for many people and I think this is what we need to keep in mind when when we had Absolutely. a good year that we leave the capacity for people who weren't as lucky let's put it that way I think also though um, because of how many people were taking it so hard there was a lot of uh, interesting gestures from around the world to support yes. uh, this group of people you know just looking at the social media and the media in general and seeing gestures. I think it was in Italy, for example, where they had, um, you know, uh, people went out in their balconies and started playing music. Yes. Right? yes. Um, or they started like chanting um, uh, a, a specific song that the entire <laughs> block starts, started singing together. Another shot, um, I, I, another piece of news I read once about people going around and supporting um, individuals who are go, going through a hard time by buying them groceries, leaving it on their doors, by sending them messages. People started going on the borders and placing um, distant uh, tables across each other to at least talk from a distance and communicate and support each other. And there were so many, so many uh, pieces of stories and, you know, uh, support uh, news that came out during that period and made it, you know, so made me happy basically to see there's a lot of goodness coming out of this as well. They, it wasn't, the world wasn't dependent only on governments or on the healthcare system or on scientists to come up with a solution or make it a bit easier. Everyone tried to figure out a way by themselves. Everyone tried to figure out how to help other people, whether they're neighbors or in far distances. So it was 
it was a good year from some, in some aspect of it, uh, regardless of everything we went uh, through. I think we just went full circle because if you remember, I asked you in the very beginning how you mm-hmm. turn hardship into something positive. <laughs> and I think we all just witnessed how you have done that for all of us. I thank you so much, Mona. We finally made it. And I really appreciate it. I know. I know. <laughs> I'm so happy. <laughs> I really appreciate you giving me your time. I know time is precious, especially when you have a little baby. But yeah, I love and miss you. And I really hope that I get to see you soon. And Thanks, that's it. Iman. Thanks, Iman. And um, honestly, I really enjoy this conversation. And I've been, I think I, I've been the one who's nagging you to get uh, this done in the last few days because I was so excited to have it. Yes. And, uh, but, uh, so, so you have done it once. You will do it again. And we are looking forward <laughs> to subscribing to your podcast. Definitely. I'll, you'll be the first one who I'll announce my podcast to. Perfect. Um, so I'll have all the details ahead of everyone else. Thank you, Iman. That was really, really enjoyable. And I really wish you all the success in the world with this podcast. And you're changing so many people's lives. I've listened to so many of the episodes you had. And um, I think what you're doing is extremely extremely um, um, you know courage courageous and so inspiring and if you can do even a podcast about yourself I think that you should do that I witnessed your journey throughout the years and I witnessed the change the struggle at the beginnings of what you wanted to do I, I think it was like two years ago when you talked yeah. about it And seeing you making it happen, I think this is absolutely, absolutely inspiring. And you should definitely, um, you know, go through your story and tell it to the rest of the world. I would definitely have you on my podcast to do so. (laughs) But to your own audience, they really need to know who Iman is, how how she made it, and how she became what she is today. Thank you so much, Mona. Thank you for that. Thank you. I really enjoyed it. Thank you so much. Hey, thank you so much for tuning in. And hopefully you will tune in again next week. It will be another episode talking to or about clients of mine. And you can find us on social media, on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. The handle is always set in therapy. Thank you so much. Thank you.